0: one saying that Michael used to have a lot especially in the early years is whatever we do let's just make sure that in excess matters to people and I would like to think that one of the great legacies that we're discussing right now is that yes he and we did somehow and that was a nice way to think of Michael instead of a in a tragic way just think yeah he, he accomplished what he really wanted to do.
1: Well, hello, B. Welcome to Access. Access All Air. It's a very special episode today, episode 88, Two Fat Ladies, uh, where we turn around and celebrate Michael's birthday, which would have been 62 today. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Rock Hall of Fame and the, the, the goals of our podcast. This is a special Michael episode that uh, we're going to be doing every year, that we're here every year for his birthday, and acknowledge just the greatness of Michael today. And I think we're both looking forward to this, in a celebratory mode rather than a commiserating mode. Hello, how are you?
2: I'm okay, thank you. 88, um, the two symbols, if you think of them, of the infinity sign. It's great that it's landed on Michael's birthday.
1: And the great thing about 88 is that it is the most significant year in the band's career. They were, you know, if you had to do a rankings with all the bands, and I've gone back and done this a bit, and I think I've mentioned it before, but if 86 was sort of the year of Dire Straits and 87 was the year of U2, 88 was the year of In Excess in terms Mm. of being part of that cultural zeitgeist, both not only in America but Australia and across the planet. They were at their uh, sort of cultural and sort of uh, their musical impact uh, and awareness heights and... Um, I guess that 88 rings a bell with that too, and we're going to sort of mention some things today. Yeah, very relevant. But look, we're going to get into the show. Uh, as I said, we have a bit of a goal with this podcast to take it to the nth level. Uh, I guess before we get into the nitty gritty, B, how's your excess week been? I know, I feel like I'm chatting to you every day at the moment, you know, I'm probably chatting to you more than your husband is, aren't I? Shh, don't tell him.
2: No. Um, in fact, yeah. What's um, come across
1: your desk this week?
2: Well, Hayden, I've been away, haven't I? Got a few things that happened while I was gone. First of all, Laurie's been very naughty. Um, some of the posts that she put out on Facebook were hilarious. I liked how she used your credit card to buy lots of pizzas. Did you see that? no. No. Okay. So you need to go and scroll over your own Facebook page, mate, and have a look. It is so funny. My
1: Facebook or my credit card? I have to look at (laughs) it. You both, both. What
2: else did she get up to? She got up to, they were playing um, office chair racing. I think Carrie-Anne won that. Um, They were rearranging the posters while I was at the office. What else did they do? Um, Yeah, that's it. Laurie dismantled the printer and made some robots and and had a robot war. So it's. It sounded quite fun in the NXS Access All Areas office while I was away.
1: Right. Okay. (laughs) Laurie's uh – well, Laurie, I should say, she is also my proofreader. She's very good at <laughs> shoving a comma in or uh, you know, the, adjusting the prescriptive text of my, my blurb. So shout out to you. She's but, actually uh,
2: taken over as managing us, isn't she? <laughs> it's like, where uh, is this? Where is that? Like, ooh, well,
1: dude. <laughs> You are the queen of delegation. You've built a good team behind the scenes and uh <laughs> to everybody. My beautiful departed mum used to sort of refer to, and I think it's an expression of the 50s and 60s, uh, you and I were a bit of a pack of giggling Gerties last week, weren't we're, we? Were we? Well, you know. <laughs> we, we always? <laughs> well, you more so, but I think I always uh, had my tongue in my cheek. But when we were doing our sort of uh, dream concert experience the last mm-hmm. two weeks with the Sydney Harbour, you know, concert, we did find ourselves laughing a little bit along the way and we do Thank everybody else out there who had a laugh and enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, in excess, access all areas can get serious. It can get uh, highbrow and lowbrow, and it can get deep and meaningful. But you know what? It's sometimes nice just to throw the toys out of the cot and go. Let's have a good old laugh, eh?
2: Yeah, no, it was great. I loved that bit where you and the boys were holding um, in excess the band all the way down to the pontoon and back again <laughs> um, I was very jealous standing well, there think, hoping that I could grab, grab a kiss at least I can't believe that never got in there Hayden
1: well I do think that when I went through this in our recording last time about that you looked at me like what the hell they're on their shoulders <laughs> like we had to I think I had to read we had to re-edit that a bit so you understood what I was talking about
2: <laughs> a little a little I did have a little bit of um an in excess week while I was away because I was up at the um Byron hinterland and I was 15 minutes away from John John house I was told that um, he was on a break and that he wouldn't meet up for a coffee so right,
1: okay. get you
2: next time John
1: yeah and that was uh written and authorized by uh John's wife okay not wanting <laughs> B to have a coffee Is
2: that right maybe, maybe maybe and then on the way back um it was um Chris Murphy's passing um day and I went past his ranch and I blew him a kiss and gave him a nod from us all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it goes so fast, doesn't it? I mean, you know, mm. it, it felt like, you know, Chris, it was this sort of electrifying sort of comment, and as we've said in previous weeks, I'm reading his book at the moment, and look, I haven't read anything in the last seven days uh, for various reasons with work and things, but it's just been quite a fascinating read just about, you know, his involvement with the band, and uh, mm. we uh, did have a, a chat last night on a different sort of thing with Mark Opitz. You know, he really sort of, I guess, was that seventh member of the band that sort of opened doors and, you know, mm. I guess, press the flesh and uh had to be brutal and but you know to get to the top you can't do it being mr nicely nicely so um i know obviously uh you know we're going to probably over the course of the next few weeks and the next three four five weeks have a moment with chris uh, with a little extract from the book and we hope that uh, you enjoy that uh yeah Yeah, yes
2: because he needs to be celebrated too
1: yep Yep. We may even have a Chris episode coming up very, very soon too.
2: Oh, we do. He doesn't deserve one, doesn't he?
1: He does. He does. Now, we actually rely on patrons uh, to get things across the line. And, uh, you know, we have a very, very loyal bunch of patrons who engage and talk and send. And um, I know uh, we're only jumping to fan engagement, but I know I think Bard from Norway was very excited to be part of the entourage side of the stage. (laughs) I got a little message saying, thank you. I'm glad I was part of the side of the stage. He's
2: such a nice man, isn't he? I like Bard. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But uh, I do believe, B, we have, I think upwards of about four new patrons. Is that right? In the last seven to 10 days or something like that? Yes, we've
2: got four new ones and we've got a returning one. We'd like to say hello and welcome back to Lisa Urban. I know there's a few, yeah, there's a few people that have to like put their memberships on hold now and again and they come back. So welcome, Lisa. Actually, she gave me a present this morning. Oh, Nice. I got a letter. Yeah, I sent her package off to yeah. Win- Wisconsin.
1: Wisconsin, yep. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I got we got a little letter back saying, you know, it's for both of us really, saying that she really enjoys the podcast and happy holidays to you and Hayden and your families. And when she was a patron, she would have received a few things. From us, which was one of the stickers, she went and and made some more stickers. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she thought they might be good for our patrons. So how cool is that? Magic-y. She sent them me today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lisa. And also, I got some awesome, awesome, beautiful. Pictures of Michael with a little quote on. So I'm going to give these away to the next. Right. How many we got? One, two,
1: the, I mean, obviously, not a great uh, audio sort of visual for the listeners. No, we'll I'm going post to tell them.
2: them. yes yeah, so we'll we've post got them
1: up there to look at. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Four. Oh, isn't he handsome? And <laughs> <laughs> um, four of these, I think they're stickers. I know who I am and what I do. Michael Hutchins.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Great. Well, why don't we go over and welcome the new patrons and also the existing patrons. B over to you. I'd like to
0: say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000
2: people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members. Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams and Mary Woods Also to our gorgeous patrons Sue D, Joe Robbins Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne Danielle, Sarah Markram Sarah Camia Dr. Jim Katie, Felicia Lisa Mack, Lisa Calloway Anne-Marie, Susan P Susan B, Foxy Pedro, Mandy Matt, Linda Vern, Yvonne Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, Leon, David, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Paul Boozy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Warren, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Glenn, Laurel, Ace, Bard, Genevieve, Ali, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Peter, Matthew, Laos, Lily, Jamie, Heidi, Paula, Rene, and Lisa Urban. Welcome back.
1: But you've just taken your top off there within thirty seconds of looking at those pictures of Michael. Is there a link?
2: <laughs> it was a bit like that, wasn't it? I, was like, oh, I need to here, go yeah. take my top off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, speaking of Michael, we're going to dive deep a little bit today on what we think are some of Michael's magical moments, and we thought we would do our top six. I think was it B?
2: Pardon? Are you uh-huh. sure? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you've got fifty, haven't you? <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, keep changing them. No, yes. well,
1: well, we're going to do our sort of list, etc. there. We We'll break down some of the slight differences in our lists, etc. There, I've got a feeling yours are very visual, B, um, and mine probably are uh, a uh, very audio or soundy or, or hot or felt. style. Okay, <laughs> but uh, there's something here for the ladies today. There's something here for the guys, and there's something here for those who sort of you know like to sort of uh, go both ways. So we oh. will, we will look forward to this topic in greater detail uh, as we go forward. As we. I guess the operative word today, the word is happy birthday, Michael. It's happy. So That's I can feel a, a Pharrell little audio a bit coming over the top here, B. But uh, I won't tell you how to edit. But <laughs> the key part is it's a happy birthday, it's a celebration, it's a joyous, it's, uh, it's everything to do with what was great about Michael. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with the listeners in a moment.
2: It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Okay, so what time is it? Time for the news. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news.
1: All right, well, news B. Uh, like everything, we hope we're not boring when we keep mentioning the charts, but it is such a, a monumental achievement to have the very best of uh, in the charts for the amount of weeks that it's been, which is sort of seven years and I think ten weeks or something like that. But uh, the album has had a bit of a dip. Uh, it's gone from thirty-two. Uh, to 45 that's a, so, that's a
2: big dip actually It is
1: a there but hmm. uh, we will encourage all streaming platforms out there all physical sales at stores or online but it is still sort of entrenched there in that top 50 and like anything uh you never know it can flip around up, upwards and 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 uh and high over the next week or two
2: yes so th- let's just say to all the new listeners please buy it for granny
1: <laughs> yeah and speaking of the album, there was a good article, I think, in uh, noise11.com, which uh, I guess was a deep dive a little bit into the success of the album the fact that it's one of the very few item, or few albums that has gone diamond in Australia, which is effectively, uh, I think it's seven times platinum, but yeah. I think it's actually sold, you know, in excess of something like 700,000 copies nearly in Australia. It is obviously a good little article you can dive deep on, and I think the same day you sent me another little article from noise.com and sent something to me as well. It might have been John Stevens touring or something along those lines that uh, was shared uh, on one of our platforms but we always like to encourage people to uh, find some of the articles we do or, or follow the links and, and the uploads we do Alright, gigs the new sensation so I can feel a little bit of a battle here at the old, old OK Corral here, B. We've got the, the What You Need boys in, in WA have had the whole whole state to themselves. Now, yes. for those who don't know the geography of Australia, Western Australia is the biggest state in Australia, but it's the most sparse, uh, mm. dis- disparate sort of land setting. So Perth is one of the most isolated cities in the world. And the uh, What You Need boys, born and bred, are doing great things over there in the uh, cover, cover scene. But they are having a bit of a face-off, I think, with the new ooh. Sensation boys from the East Coast coming over there and cutting their lunch down at Margaret River, B. Ooh, ooh that would be interesting. Yeah. so there's a They should bit do of, a double-up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like i feel like a bit of a Zoolander moment here with two cover bands competing yeah. for a, uh, a cover-off, uh, sort of a dance-off. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good luck to those, uh, the new Sensation guys coming over there. I think they've got a gig in March the 11th in Margaret River uh, with a couple more planned. Equally also to the date change guys, I think they had a May 8th gig that's had a bit of a, a date change, but they're sort of all over the place around Australia at the moment. I, th- I think they're very optimistic about getting their tour up and running and doing everything from the East Coast, et cetera there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check your local guides with them, Karen Peters. And, uh, you will see where they're going to be touring. Also, B, I I had a, something funny come across my desk today. I saw a little pop-up thing in my Google Alerts, and it was a, uh, a site called Pop Culture. Now, they spell culture as in C-U-L. T C H A, so it's culture. Culture, uh, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And there was like, oh, we're promoting this thing called Live Baby, uh, Live Baby Live, Live, Baby Live, a, a three-record sort of uh, version uh, that's, you know manufactured by Universal. I thought, oh, hadn't seen this, and I don't think um, it was on the uh, NXS official site. So I thought, oh, this is worthy to mention. Um, I then went in and sort of checked it out and uh, I must say there was a few little interesting sort of descriptions uh, as to the album. Now, let me, let me just share this with you for a moment. because I think you might find this slightly funny mm-hmm. uh, in this particular uh, album that actually, uh, well, this version, uh, there were basically three vinyl, you know, yeah, uh, uh, you might call it disc, but three records mm-hmm. on side one was Guns in the Sky, because it's Wembley, right? Right. Guns in the Sky, New Sensation. I send a message to the stairs, and the fifth song was called I Feel It Coming. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm like, what bloody song is that? <laughs> All right. And so I don't know what that song is. Okay. And then I scroll down. And they spelt suicide blonde wrong with an, without an E. They uh there's all there's A B's and third sides or whatever there, but it looks like a bit of a dodgy side. Dodgy, yeah, so a
2: like yeah. a
1: little bit of a contriving. thing. So don't mm. go into pop culture and no. don't try to buy things from it. Go more official. Yeah. Hang out with Pedro and the gang. Yeah. <laughs> from
2: them. Mm. Um, stay away from that one.
1: Yeah. And and look, linking more positive news with the the Live Baby Live and the Wembley gig. I mentioned the last few weeks, there is a, uh, a bit of a surge in America where this is being screened in various areas. So just update specifics, as I said, I would. As of January the 12th, literally about a week ago, uh, there's a four-week sort of concert series where there's a cinema group called the Look Dine in Cinemas. It's called Look Dine in Cinemas. So I guess it's their version of Village or Hoyts or whatever that we have here. Okay. What it means, basically, in the areas in California, like Glendale, Monrovia, um, Downey and Redlands, the Live Baby Live Wembley concert's being played as part of this series at that at that uh, cinema group. Ah. Dallas, I think, at the Chandler Cinema or Chandler uh, area of Dallas, uh, it's been played there, and then in Arizona and Tampa, Florida, it's been played in those states as well. Mm -hmm. So we do know in America, particularly, we have quite a reach of audiences there. So if you've never seen the concert you know in terms of a in a theater or a cinema you weren't at Wembley what a great opportunity to check it out
2: brilliant yeah fantastic
1: Also, too, There was an interesting article called, in the uh, I think it's a site called 15 Minute News, and it's uh, ranking all studio albums from In Excess. Now, they had 11, mm-hmm. I believe, studio albums, and I think if you added the original Sin reboot or whatever, um, you could call it 12. Now, I think on December 10th, there was an article where they sort of rank and rate them. It's a bit of a cliche list. I don't think it's as accurate as the real hardcore fans would put. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's interesting deep dive into sort of how a person or an article has ranked them. Yeah. So again... Always do yourself a favor. Check it out. Give your views and uh, enjoy that particular one as well. Yeah, good one. Now, B, did you say to me in pre-production that you had a bit of an excess news? Was there anything that came across uh, your area in the last week where you were like, oh, "Okay, I wouldn't mind sharing that in the news"?
2: There's a birthday yesterday. yesterday yes, Mr. Philip Mortlock.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, Philip, you know, it was a surge of uh, consciousness on our on our sides. We won't mention his age, because one, I don't know if we do know the age, nor <laughs> is it important. Uh, but uh, happy birthday, Philip. We're sort of semi, uh, we're, we're dedicating this to Michael, but we're sort of also making this your your episode for you. So yeah. a bit of a happy thir- uh, birthday to you. I was going to say happy Thursday, B. It was,
2: is, it isn't Thursday, it is so, Thursday.
1: <laughs> happy birthday to one of the great uh, friends of the uh, the podcast. Uh, he's probably only one more guest appearance for becoming a patron, isn't he, B?
2: I think he needs to come on a few more times before he can become a patron. we a double your...
1: episode. Normally, three, three, three episodes <laughs> is our patron <laughs> honorary thing. So uh, there you go. Uh, Philip, the invitation's out to secure your honorary uh, patronage.
2: That's right. So, for this year.
1: Correct. That's the news of the week. <laughs> hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also, want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks
3: for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up.
2: Ella from Middelburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to InXS Access All
1: Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week.
0: Love, baby love!
1: Great song choice there, B, to start off our memories of Michael, magical moments for the week with uh, that 12-inch mix of new sensation.
2: So sexy how he delivers that. Look. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Look. great production, oh. great vocal, great Yay. sounds, et cetera, there. But uh this is a chance, again, to be a little bit joyous this week. In line with our January focus, we're trying to be very positive and upbeat and mm-hmm. uh, take it to the listeners in a positive way. But what we thought today, as I said, with Michael's birthday, uh, we might just individually dive deep a little bit about what we found with a, our top sort of six, seven sort of Michael moments that to this day sort of stand out. And I, I think the brief that I gave you, B was that you're probably going to be capturing some of the bigger moments that, that are out there. Uh, that resonate with you, and I thought just for a little bit of a counterpoint, I'll probably go through some of the the little bit more quieter moments that for me, um, and maybe some listeners out there they may resonate with. So hopefully, there's an interesting sort of c- compare and contrast with our with our list today, B. I
2: I think there will be Hayden, <laughs> yeah.
1: but I'm going to be the gentleman, and I'm going to say, you know, hello England. You have the new ball. Okay, okay. all right, uh, cricketing terms. So I'm going to let you open the bowling uh, with your first. Magical Michael moment.
2: My first magical moment. Okay. personal one where i nearly fainted seeing him at the Monterey rock festival and he cut his hair from that like shaggy um dreadlocky thing that he had going for a while and he cut it right off into a little bob oh god he looked damn sexy um that, and yeah so the Monterey rock festival Was that around the
1: x factor time where you know just just where it got a bit shorter maybe around 1990 around then
2: no, it was actually ninety seven, and it was the Listen Like Thieves tour, the tour that I saw them play on. And I think th- I must this must have come out before I saw them. It was around then, but yeah, he looked beautiful. But he looked like that when he was on stage when I saw him. So probably that's probably what it was. Um, he looks very very handsome. He's got his light like, highlights, just like the how he looked in the Listen Like Thieves video, really, but um, even better.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, we'll post some of these pictures out there. What you mean? Oh
2: yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll yes, okay.
1: We'll be very (laughs) salivating at some of these things that you'll put there. Okay, so all right, big moment there. Michael's hair, which uh, I guess over the journey, he never ever ever seen with his hair to have the same hairstyle for more than six months in a row, did he?
2: (laughs) He changed it up a little bit, doesn't he? He
1: Changed it a lot, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think even we think back to the Max Q sort of days. Yeah when he was interviewed for the max q stuff they said okay michael the hair's come off you've sort of crew cut it down he goes yep kicks over it's all out of the way take it off you know that's right right <laughs> um, yeah and then yeah. the mullet. Yeah, he had yeah, the mullet yeah. to oh, begin yeah, with and stuff
4: yeah
2: like that. So, and then uh, he went very dark at the very end which a lot of people didn't like at first but a few of us actually quite uh, liked it.
1: yeah i think chris murphy's when he saw the black hair, was like oh my god what are you doing michael because uh yeah, when, And look, when he ultimately came out to Australia to tour at the end and unfortunately his passing, he'd sort of trimmed it down a bit. But back, uh, yeah. Yeah. But my first moment that I, I, I think back and I look on fondly was, and no chronology here, but Michael turning up to the concert for life in the white Elvis suit. Oh. Hello. Mm. Very good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're,
2: you're going fashion on me now. You uh, i easter gone fashionista.
1: I thought for <laughs> what... Well, what Australia can be accused of a little bit being a little bit of a hamlet and a little bit sort of small thinkers uh, when when they did the concert for life and we've 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 actually not reimagined we've actually put the facts online about what a great concert and what a great cause it was uh, for Michael to come out as, as you know uh, for this one concert in 1992 in Australia uh, and play songs off an album that hasn't been released yet and come out on stage in a big sort of nice sort of white Elvis suit mm-hmm. and, without the quarter pounder stomach. Okay, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a cool thing to do, yeah. and something that uh, the only pity about it was there wasn't a lot of footage or cameras or recording of the gig. I mean, there's stuff mm. you can find on YouTube and things. Yeah, imagine if you did that at Wembley. You came mm. out with that at Wembley. That would have been pretty cool.
2: Really, really cool. Make
0: us love
2: each other, to I, I don't know if it's a dream or if it's true, but I'm sure he ripped those pants, the, the back
1: <laughs> well, probably both the bottom both. crease. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> anyway, absolutely. it's a
2: nice dream and it's a nice thing to think about. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was my, uh, not number one moment, but that's just one of the moments that I think back and I go, that's a real rock star moment that stands out as uh, a bit of a magic moment. Okay. Uh, what's, uh, what's your second one on your list, B?
2: Okay, I've got one here. It was the first interviews that I'd seen him with Molly Meldrum. Right back in, I think it would have been about 1982, something like that. And he was sitting on the on the um, sofa with Kirk. Yeah, yep. it was very mesmerizing watching a really young Michael just. Like Something it's his eyes, isn't it? With Michael, oh my God, I'm going. <laughs> keep, keep that. But it's he, he just, yeah, he just looks around the room, and you he, he, he can see him trying to really articulate what he's saying. Yeah, you're drawn into him so much, well, aren't you? you?
1: Had very sort of expressive eyes, and a lot of mm. people said that about him. That you know, he could walk into a room, and you were the only one in that room. And it's it's interesting. I, I've got a really great friend of mine, and she's the godmother of my of my son, and her name's Julie. So shout out to Julie, but. It's funny today, like I'm really good friends with her and I was just sort of thinking about her today in a, in a positive way. I was thinking, why do I love Julie? Why is she such a good friend? And, and you know what? She's, I think she's in the moment. You know when you're in a conversation or you're hanging out with them? It's mm-hmm. not about the mobile phone going off. She's not distracted. She's always in the moment. So when you talk, mm-hmm. you feel like you have been validated and it's a real meaningfulness. And I think Michael had that captivating yes. ability where if you were talking or you were singing a concert, yeah, you know, all his peers and yeah. luminaries. Yeah, he mm. he could really personalise himself to people, mm. and uh, I think particularly women. Mm. Michael, how are you? Welcome to the show
3: again. Now listen, look, um, I've, I've, there's stacks of questions I could ask you. Congratulations on the loved one. Congratulations on the album, Keep on Walking, the whole thing. Um, but I'm very curious. Why didn't you release a second uh, single off the album, especially in vain? I mean, I've been uh, well. We always intended to release just one single off the album right because we want to get on to recording this new album. we had a lot of material that we really were working on right and uh, which we're going to start after this tour in July and uh, The Loved One was something that wasn't so serious as Just Keep Walking. It was fun, you know? Well, it was very curious because, I mean, like, uh, some friends of mine, Peter from RCA especially, who handles your product down here, uh, played me in vain when I first got the album, and I just thought, what a track. Then I heard you were doing The Loved One, and I thought, what a peculiar choice, considering you weren't taking a second single off. And The Loved One, I mean, it was by an Australian group 10 or 12 years ago. uh, Was it just something you guys wanted to do? Yeah, it's Australian. I think it's a classic in itself. Oh, it is indeed. we like to find conventions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now listen, um, I hate to say this, but you've also becoming sort of a bit of a cult hero, Michael. Am I? Yes. A lot of people are sort of saying, oh, Michael, Michael, like that. When are you touring? Uh, we're at touring right now. This yeah. Monday we start. Right. And we take off for about uh, two or three weeks everywhere. Right. And uh, Then we start recording the album. Well, I tell you what, you can't can't go past the debut album like the first one, and I wish you luck with the second. And uh, if you're out there, please go and see them because they're an
1: excellent group. All right, good one, B, number two there. Okay, uh, second one for me, okay. I'm going to go with the original Sin uh, Motorbike film clip where uh, this was a pivotal uh, song for me, and I think we did a deep dive on this as a track. The close-up camera of him uh, and the head movement of B's doing really, really well. <laughs> They're doing really good, like the little head <laughs> movement. It's almost syncopated with the, the the rhythm and the drums. It's like he's coming towards the camera there. Yeah. I remember as a kid going, man, he's cool. I want to be like him. I want sunglasses like that. I want a mm. motorbike. I want to be a rock star. Yeah, and even still to this day, my 13 year old self looks at that and goes, Yeah, I want to be him. And yeah. I think that aspirational side is something that great rock stars have. Yeah. You want to be them and copy and emulate them.
2: Yeah, no, he did a good job with that one, didn't he? Really, yeah. Yeah. Who, who directed that? It was a, a oh, Japanese it was a, Japanese guy, guy, a it? director there mm. who did
1: that, and maybe to send the message stuff and things as well. But it was just, um I think as a sort of uh, you know a couple of years from uh, the Shabu album, and they're really entering into the sort of the mainstream consciousness. And you know we, you know just that clip, and then focusing on Michael, just the camera work and it on the sort of uh, the Harley there. It was such a Michael moment, and Michael proved to be a a lover of Harley Davison's and things, and went on to have a real fascination with them. But uh, yeah, that sort of moment for me still connects and uh, is very aspirational. So. Over to you, B. what's your number three on your list?
2: Okay, this is a really good top moment. This is in Canada at a, a studio and it's Tim and Michael actually and they're being interviewed and there's a load of Canadian girl fans at the back. Have uh-huh. you ever seen that one? And Michael pretends to get a gun and shoot the girls.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I haven't seen that one.
2: It's so, it's so funny and then you realise... That he's on camera and that you know it probably wasn't funny, but it is really funny. You know, it's a, it's a good moment because it's just so shows a different side to his.
1: I don't know how um, that'd go down well in Canada, the gun laws, <laughs> maybe, over the, maybe over the Detroit sort of river. It literally train. goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe a couple of kilometers south that they would resonate, but uh, <laughs> see, I've not seen that. Is that a you? I oh, will have
2: film? to find that. Oh, Laurie is quick at finding these now, okay. so yeah, it was um, a Canadian um talk show. All right. Um, and they were actually good, um, Tim and uh, Michael. They go outside and speak to the girls afterwards. Probably felt pretty bad what they'd done, and they probably went
1: out to say oh, sorry. No. Well, I'm going stri- to straight up my number three. B. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine's less gun related. Mine's uh, another video clip. Mine is the What You Need film clip. The genius of Richard Lowenstein's been spoken about previously. However, in this particular clip, which is largely sort of sort of animated slash. These sort of, you know, uh, I think he Xerox all these photographs and put them together in a sort of a, you know, sort of a movie-like sort of animation. But there's a moment in the clip where it transitions from that animated type feeling mm. into real life, and you can see Michael there. Almost, they've all got that sort of white stuff on their face. There's just the, cru- the crunching guitars and drums when Michael moves his arms around, and it's very expressive in that. His moves in that are really cool, and I think there's a great story that apparently. Uh, Mick Jagger was friends with uh, a certain actress in Australia, and Mick, when he first saw that clip and saw Mike and whatever, it is you know, I think he had his notebook out going, yeah, you know what that guy's got. I think I could learn something from uh... the master could learn something from the apprentice.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that that film clip and the song, you know, is great. But I think Michael moves and all that sort of stuff in there, and just the way he he, he sinks himself to the to the song was a large reason why that song broke out as a big hit. <laughs>
2: One of my favorite sort of moments, maybe what, more oh, oh, I don't know. I've lost number count. four. Number four. <laughs> number <laughs> four is when he's with Kylie. And he enters the room And Kylie's got the blonde hair And he's all dressed in the waistcoat And he looks super hot and sexy
1: So that was the opening of the delinquents uh, That's yeah. it, yeah, yeah. That Whoa, was,
2: they looked amazing then. Yeah,
1: so some listeners around the world know Kylie Minogue, uh, more in England Than probably America, but yeah, 1989 She was in a film clip, That's a, she was in a, a movie And that was like their coming out As a couple moment,
2: yeah it was uh,
1: And she had the, uh, the sort of the fake wig on And little sort of me skirt thing happening and and he had his uh, his brothers uh, on there, and was like his sort of hello, welcome to uh, 989, welcome to post kick. That's right,
2: hot, hot, hot. Okay, That's what what my you...
1: moment, be. Good one.
2: Mm. And what you got next for your All number? Right.
1: Number four for me. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm probably going to go into the next one here. I've got is Wembley, uh, and there's probably two moments at Wembley that are a little bit subtle and things like that. One's Well, one's a bit more uh, obvious and one's a little more subtle. I'll go with the the subtle one first. Great singers have a great microphone technique, okay? (laughs) Uh, And if you think of a microphone for listeners out there, there's the microphone where it's, you know, literally uh, handheld and it's got the sort of the the strap or whatever there and you can run around the stage with it. But then there's also when you have the microphone on the sort of the tripod, right? And during original sing you know, where it goes, Michael does this thing with the microphone stand where he moves it to his right or his left. And it is super cool. Singers who don't have a guitar or have something sort of like they play, part of their allure or part of their ability to engage the audience is how they work the microphone, how they work the stage presence and things like that. One of the bands that have a love-hate relationship with Inexcess is Oasis. And Liam Gallagher just stands there with his arms behind his back with a parker on and doesn't move.
2: No. All well, right? I know. He touches
1: his doodahs a lot. Well, okay. We'll keep down <laughs> peters. All right. But uh, the reality is, you know, Michael's movements on stage, you know, you know, we're up there with Freddie Mercury and Mick Jagger and Jim Morrison and things like that. But Jim Morrison didn't move around a lot either. Jim had a sort of a stage presence there, but but Michael during the original singer, hello for more so did he? probably yeah <laughs> but Michael uh in terms of his stage presence, Billy with the microphone and on the stand there and how he maneuvers it around. And some mm. of the great singers, like James Brown, he was a great singer and great with the microphone technique. Amazing. He could, he, he could flip the microphone off that was on the floor and kick it up with his feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. some of the great singers really little easy. Richard. Like, yeah. Well, he's more piano singing, but but, but James Brown was great with it. But you know Michael's technique with it uh, on that orig- on original Senate Wembley. What was What about
2: awesome. Freddie?
1: He was great. Yeah, I mean he Freddie Wembley with had- the
2: microphone. Oh
1: yeah, he'd have it above his head and 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 when he came out, you know, on stage to you know one vision and stuff, like that, he was awesome with it. It's mm. just it's a sort of a prop there that gives the lead singer a, a toy that they can really uh, you know uh, ramp up for the audience. Mm. It's got what you need. Hey! Oh, you've look got bit. I was a little two-part. You,
2: you've made this into a two-part. Well, it's
1: four A and four B, but uh, look, we can do it because we run the podcast. So there we go. But anyway, when he goes off on stage and you know he does the guitar thing and you know Tim apologises to the audience, but when he just walks off stage, looks at the crowd, puts the peace sign up, it's like, yeah, and it goes cool. into a shining. So I, I got a plan. I think that's just cool. Yeah. So again, little sort of white boy from the suburbs, aspirational, never could be him. But uh, boy, did you want to be him again?
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Well, number five, I'm going to have to come um, head to head with you with a few of my Wembley moments. Then. All right. Um, one was the when he goes up to Andrew and hugs Andrew. Oh, and and he goes wild at original sin. I just love Michael when he goes mad dancing. That is just brilliant. Just love that. Um, and the other one that I really loved was um, him just coming straight on and just rocking it straight away. And yeah. how he looked in that plastic black jacket. I mean, the crowd were just in his hands straight from the start. What a magnet. What a man, what a beautiful what a man. man. Mm.
1: All right, what's your number five five. for me? Okay, I'm gonna go back to that number 88 again. 1988, the MTV Awards, they were bigger than the Grammys at at the time. They they were the awards that probably were the most revered in the 80s because they were video related. But at the end of the day, it was still the song. The song had to be great. You know, the music had to be good. And the video was maybe the, the communication device that lent itself to, you know, getting that song out.
0: Ladies and gentlemen stop it! These guys, they're considered by most in the world, and I guess you were part of that, the best live band on the planet. Yes! You know you are! You know you are! How about it? They've been together for 10 years, the same group! Can I hear it? For exact. Inex-
1: Uh, they got up and sung New Sensation. Michael came out. He tied the hair back. Probably the record company didn't like that. Had the rose in the the back of the head. But then just delivered like New Sensation. Just you know in such a confident uh, King of the World moment. I think Liam and Noel Gallagher often sort of say it at, at uh, Nebworth in '95, '96. There they just go, We can't get bigger than this. And I I just think that moment was again that uh, proud moment where maybe that and Wembley '91 were two you know significant moments where they had america in their hand at that point Mm, mm -hmm. whereas i guess in 91 they had the uk and and europe in their hand but i just think that uh virginity sensation the crowd getting into it uh senior hall going you know you know you know you're the best live band on the planet you know all that lead up was just a a, still a a moment i like to go back and put on sometimes on youtube Mm,
2: six number six not sex six
1: Our Kiwi audience.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're so lucky. There is so many video um, pieces of Michael doing interviews and there was a lot to choose from. But one of my favourites was when Michael is in Paris, he looks so damn hot. He is just rock star on rock star. His hair was perfect, got the glasses going, and he was in the back of the cab. He is just on fire, and it's just brilliant.
0: Merci de nous retrouver bientôt en compagnie de Michael
3: Hutchins que nous allons faire glisser sur la banquette arrière. Michael Hutchins qui nous attend au Double Mago, célèbre café parisien. Double
4: Mago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Michael. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Let's go in the car. Let's do it. Okay. See you later. Ah no. uh, ah uh, uh. Yeah,
0: big class.
3: Okay. Andiamo. Andiamo. All right, All right. Uh, Michael. Yeah. So, do you
4: think, Michael, if you start in um, music nowadays, uh, it's uh, harder than before? So difficult for young bands now, you know? Mm. What the fuck do you do? You know, you got, you, you got a great song, you managed to somehow get a band together, you managed to somehow write a great song or two, somehow manage to record it, So far, you're in debt for the rest of your life, and then along comes video, you know? And it's very difficult, you know, to compete. To compete with quarter of a million dollar, half a million dollar videos, you know? Even for us, it's difficult to compete, Uh you know? It must be really tough to be a new band. Yes. Really tough. Uh It's not like just, oh, my little band, you know? It's not like that anymore, you know? It doesn't happen that way in the 60s you could be nobody come from nowhere and uh, as long as you had a song you know you're okay and now that's not true anymore it doesn't exist basically
2: so that was michael in 1993 and he goes on to talk about full moon dirty hearts pretty cool so go check that one out
1: my next one here is and again, a lot of my notes seem to be video clip related. I'm going back to one here, but the Not Enough Time film clip, okay? I know I'm a bit of a, a stalking horse for this song and things, but I think, uh, I mean, the Need you Tonight clip where, you know, that, as I said earlier, won all the awards and things, and he comes out with the leather jacket and the dance moves and uh, the little mouse on his shoulder, that's quite iconic. But I reckon Michael looked the best at, in, the, in the vocal and the way he had the trance-like delivery in Not Enough Time at the start. I think he's sitting at the piano... His, uh, his chin's on his arm, and he's really just singing down the camera there. And he looks healthy, mm. he looks uh, fit and firing, and it's part of their really creative period with that album. Go look at that film clip there at the start, particularly, and the beautiful colours and the water and everything there. That's a really great timeless moment for Michael, along with the Baby Don't Cry one as well, which uh, I know that clip's a bit up and down for you, but um, yeah, I just think he looked really healthy and, and, and with it and, and at his creative peak there. So. That's a bit of a magical memory moment of Michael for me. Mm. Well,
2: it's funny yeah. you should mention pianos because that's my next one when he was on no. Jules Holland show and oh. he was rolling around on the yeah. piano. Yeah. Just can't get that vision out of my I nearly head. put
1: that in. I'm glad he put that one in. So I nearly yeah. put that in. That's what he yeah. the answer, I think, wasn't it? it?
2: But the, I mean, even though it's a Michael um, moment, I mean, he looks so hot in his white trousers and his um, baby the, blue, the, the blue jacket.
1: Blue. A sort of- Red, white and blue jacket, is that right? No,
2: baby blue. No, I know exactly what he was wearing, Hayden. Don't try and put red and white. It was a baby blue soft jumper. (gasps) Nice.
0: Don't ask me. What you know it's true. Don't have to tell you. I love your vicious heart. I.
1: visual for you isn't it <laughs> Uh
2: I was there. <laughs>
1: okay. Number six for me. Uh, mm. I'm going to go with the Never Tear Part Park film clip again and it's really interesting I'm going to compare something I really love about the clip and then maybe one little criticism but the positive outweighs the negative. Now the start of that film clip and the start of that song is the pace that Michael's walking along the river and with this the the fog coming out of his mouth and the beautiful backdrop of Prague and the elderly man on the on the on that you know leafy walkway. Mm-hmm. I think what a cinematic moment! and something we'll talk to Richard Wellenstein about. Mm. I think that, I and mean, then you see him up on the bridge there, and then the vocal, and the and, the, and we now know what that song was about a little bit with Michelle and things. Mm. Um, it's such a uh, an iconic sort of moment, and I guess we're so fortunate. I think that Richard strong-arm Chris Murphy to actually allow him to go film over there as leverage against uh, doing the Ninja Tonight clip. Mm. You know, well done to Richard for getting that going. The only very, thing,
2: very romantic. Yeah. Is no
1: the only problem. thing that I find just slightly odd is at the end bit where he's walking up near the uh, little cemetery sort of gravestones and Kirk's about to play the saxophone. He sort of walks in a bit of a hustling way, like he's about to catch the, the 224 from Parramatta Station to Ringwood Station, <laughs> right? Just a little bit. I always bit. find that bit yeah, a bit odd. It sort of yeah. feels a bit out of time. Yeah. It's like there's Michael just hustling about trying to catch, you know, the subway <laughs> from Queens to bloody Brooklyn or something. So it, it, it just sort of stands out. I don't know why it stands out negatively a bit, but that's me being a fusspot. That clip and Michael is a, is a magic moment that we can't do this episode without recognising
2: Cool. That's great. Perhaps he, uh, he saw a coffee and a Danish. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he did. He saw a Danish Helena. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hello, the
1: Christmas Danish. Hello. I like one of those. Okay. Uh, now, we, we can find this, I think, to six. We've come up with six, but I know, knowing you, B, I just reckon you've got one or two up your sleeve there, bonus tracks that you want to share. And you're not going to end this podcast without revealing them, are you?
2: I don't know if you're going to hate me for saying this, but it's my don't ultimate you, why don't moment. You do this. We'll
1: go to my look- ultimate. Why don't we do a little medley moment or something like that? Maybe a couple of ones we can finish with, you know. No, it was
2: set, we're ending with my big one. You, have, oh, you, okay. have you ended with your big one?
1: I've ended with mine. Over to you. You can end with the big one. All right.
2: Today. Okay. Well, all the audiences in, in England tuned in to the big breakfast to see Michael <laughs> on the bed <laughs> looking <laughs> the most. He'd just come out rolled out of a nightclub, <laughs> yes. rolled into the big breakfast, and there he was. I was there with my coffee and my breakfast and he spat it out. And there he is, just looking <laughs> amazing on the bed. And then Paula got her legs wrapped around him and uh, asking him the most intimate questions and just making him laugh and giggle. There was just so much chemistry on that bed. I just two amazing. times they
1: did that. There was one in the sort of the mid eighties and one in the sort of the early 90s, wasn't there? Is that mm, right? Yeah. There's two show. One was the tube. Is that right?
2: Um, One was the tube, yeah, Yeah. and she was at the bar and that's when he asked her to come upstairs and she says, no, Michael, I've got a baby. (laughs) And then this time she was ready.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Well, that's a great thing to finish on because I think we might have come up with seven actually each, but it is sort of that moment that sort of captivates. We're almost seeing the seduction of Paulie Yates live in real time, aren't we? It was
2: just real time, yeah. Yeah. You were a voyeur to it all,
1: weren't you? And I think you know, Bono said it best that you know he was. You know, he said a, a very famous thing on 60 Minutes. I think it was around about 2014, 15, whatever, on an article there uh, or an interview. And I think the band were were, were going to be touring in Australia not long after. But there was just this really great interview done, and 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 Bono said, you know, there's a seat at the bar that you know we we miss him, we miss mm. him, you know, badly. And there's a seat at the bar that's not being filled, and. You know he was such a he was such a rock star you know uh, he would he would chat up your women and your girlfriends and wives uh, and do it with a cheeky sort of smile and things and the great legacy that we could probably sort of leave this sort of topic part of today is that those who knew him who really knew him loved him absolutely you know and respected mm. him mm. and in a world where it's really easy nowadays in social media from the cheap seats to come from afar, it's a bit sad that you know and we know that little Tim Rogers excerpt we've played a few times. It's a bit sad that certain people, you know, condemned him and probably added to his frustrations and his downfall. Mm. And didn't know him and didn't really know and maybe respect his artistry of what it is. Because as Andrew said on the podcast with him, you know, so many bands these days are influencing artists and singers and people who look back at what he did. And he's like a great painting. He's he's aging beautifully with time. And he's aging beautifully, you know, with the passages of time. And we miss you and Mm. we love you. And we hope that one day we all see each other again in that gig in the sky. And he
2: just gets bigger in our hearts, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. This is for you, Michael. Cheers. Happy 60 seconds.
2: Happy 60 seconds.
3: I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore!
1: The return to the rant, John Bon Jovi versus McDonald's. As I sit on my chair at late night, an ad comes on TV, it's a McDonald's ad, to a voiceover of John Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. How many crimes against society can one man commit? Hair, number one. Blow dryers, number two. Songs, number three. Album covers, number four. Don't give me talk about their four into country music number five. Acting number six, kicking Richie Sambora out of the band number seven, and all this without even a mentioning Bed of Roses and Always. And now the sellout of all sellouts for a guy that sold out more times than Billy Joel sold out Madison Square Gardens. John and band have decided to sell Living on a Prayer to McDonald's, an ad that's so cringy, so puerile, and so Nickelback-esque it requires a vomiting exercise of mass proportions. Picture this: there's a car heading down the highway and country roads, Annoying guy in the front seat starts lip-syncing to Living on a Prayer. Meanwhile, the people on the back of the car are thinking about eating mcdonald's how vomit inducing is this A song about the downtrodden of new jersey is being milked and monetized for everything it's worth how many steaks do you need john in one lifetime how much money and cash can one guy have i thought it was bad enough when you were on the plane with hillary clinton walking down the aisle playing your guitar but this is worthy of more vomit inducing exercises actually come to think of the burgers aren't that great they probably deserve each other signing off Hey, this is David from Norby. Hi, this is Katie from England. You know, it's Paul from Sydney. Hi, this is Ella from the Netherlands. This is Dr. Jim and that's a rap. Oh, a- <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
1: that's the rap. okay. I'm oh, kind of
2: here we go, here we go. Full force.
1: Yeah. made maybe break a- my pen. <laughs> <laughs> Being a fit of laughter has broken a pen, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm unequivocal, B. You can't, we're not selling out on this. I'm not going to apologize to Dr. Jim, who's a mass Bon Jovi fan. Come on, come on, John. You got enough cash. How many steaks can one man eat in a lifetime? Okay, sell out. (laughs) All right, fan engagement. Over to you, B.
2: Okay. Hello to everybody. And I mean everybody, but hello to all our new listeners. And we've got a few people here that I'd like to point out and give a big hello to Julie Martin. She um, sent us a lovely little email and she is up to episode 32. She absolutely loves 31. Can you remember what episode 31 was? No idea. Come on. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Max Q. Uh-huh. It's one of our favourites, isn't it? So she yeah. said that she thought she knew a lot, but now she knows more. Thank you. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> well, look, one of our little agendas is to sort of, you know, not, preachy or patronized but it is to maybe educate a little bit about stuff that people may glossed over at the time or when a part of or when aware of you know and I know something I enjoy is you know going back and even some artists from the 70s and things like that where I'm like well it wasn't part of my youth but you go back and go wow that must have been really big and you can mm. have a reappreciation. so it's mm. nice to hear that uh from our our uh, correspondent there
2: Yeah. And um, there was another lady. Who was she? I've gotten so many people's names. Oh, Paula, another one of our patrons. And she says, um, we've reignited her. (laughs) And that she she wants me to do something about a t-shirt. I'll get you a t-shirt. Okay. Okay. Who else? We've got Tracy Jackson. Hello, Tracy. Linda Russell sent me some kisses. I don't know if it was for you or me, but I'll take them.
1: I'll take take kissing
2: from the boys and the girls. Who else? We've got Ken Cosner and Vernon North. We've also got little Heidi. Now Heidi says she's a little bit shy. So hello,
1: Heidi. A big shout out to some of our patrons out there across the world. We've got a couple of people who've had some family members uh, in, with COVID issues and things. So we're thinking of you and we're all uh, hoping that um, if you've gone through that or we've got family going through that, uh, that we send you our love to you and and our support and, and just know that hopefully this podcast does a reprieve. And uh, for those who enjoyed my little Chris Lilly post, he's an Australian uh, comic artist there who was doing a uh, a sort of theatre or steadford thing. Uh, I'm glad you liked it, um, but he's a very famous Australian comedian and uh, I do know some people like that one out there. So thank you for your responses on that. Um, Yeah, fair engagement. Now, B, we uh, have, and I'm probably throwing this at you, we, we really need to come up with a auction item, don't we? I know, because we do. We, well, we don't have to come up, we've got them, and we've got certain very, very special things signed. If I asked you, what do you think would be the next auction item we could possibly launch today and be able to get the listeners excited about it? Because I just reckon now that uh, we've just been uh, had a post pack arrive over the Christmas New Year period with some very handy goodies What's one of them we can share with the listeners today?
2: Well, I'll just have a good look in our chest of In Excess goodies and see what comes out.
1: Ooh, what do you think about this? but as we uh, have just looked at there I think you've just put up to the camera there a bunch of little items in, and we're going to go through all of them but we've decided I think you know, through your uh, showcase we've got a Live Baby Live or Live Baby Live Live, live Baby Live Wembley Stadium Live uh, Baby Live whatever it is okay <laughs> <laughs> well we do know that the band were de- deliberately obscured with the title we found that out yesterday didn't we B yep this version uh, I think came out in 2014 now can you look on the back it has got Lately on it because that might be one of the more recent ones no no okay oh yes so, no
2: sorry as yeah, does. yeah
1: as, okay so this is yeah. the most recent uh live on from Wembley now this actually has a dedicated signature for Mark Opitz and Andrew Farris both on the outside cover of the booklet and inside on the CD so this is going to be our next auction item we're going to post some pictures up they look fantastic he's got a great <laughs> really signature good. hasn't he and so is Mark brilliant signatures sign like that. yeah They're really good so Ew. we'll post that up, but this is a real collector's item, definitely in line with the concept being shown around the world and especially in America. It's a very timely auction, as you would say, B, item. <laughs> cool.
2: No, I want to keep it, Hayden. I don't want <laughs> to give it away. <laughs> Why didn't they get one for us too? What was I oh, thinking? I
4: know, I know. It's all for the all listeners,
2: right. isn't it? Hey. Well, if you want to listen like thieves and you want it in your hands, then you better watch out by checking the website and the Facebook, and I'll be putting it up on Sunday.
1: Now, do you want to know what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks? I think you were very eager to find out some of our content and things like that. Can I share with you?
2: Have you sneered Mr. Lonestein? Is he coming Not on? Oh. Not yet.
1: I haven't actually emailed He's him connects. yet, so my All bad. Right. But, uh, yeah. Going.
2: He's probably waiting. But,
1: uh, probably in the next two, three weeks, we're going to be doing a song deep dive again. We're going to be picking a very, oh. very uh famous song. Our last one was Not Enough Time, which I think the fans loved. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do a song deep dive. But we are also going to do our first Zoom call for about three months. And oh. that's going to be welcoming a bunch of new patrons. And yep. uh, very, very pumped to meet so many of the new patrons who have jumped on board. Be
2: great. Yes. I'm there I'm really looking forward to meeting some of these. I hope Genevieve comes on. I okay. like her.
1: Cool. Well, look, it's been a big episode today. You know, I'll Obviously with Michael, you know, we do miss him every day in some reflection. Those in the creative arts, whether it was in movie or academia or whether it was in media or or sports or or music in this case, a lot of their legend lives on through, you know, video and and through, you know, footage. And and in in our case with Michael, also through audio. And we are very lucky that um, his life in many ways was documented. Uh, both you know in sound but in vision and uh, I guess we've celebrated that today but what I would like to go out with is a song particularly that we think was quite pivotal in Michael's career one that uh, a certain friend of the podcast uh, a producer uh, of the band was very very much like yeah this was really Michael coming out of his shell and backing himself in Mm -hmm. Uh, so the song we're going to go out to today is a really lovely song it's it's a it's a great vocal And I think it's really Michael maturing with his voice, et cetera, there. We're going to go out with Jan's song today. Oh, beautiful. Uh, And to all the Jans around the world, okay, this is from Michael (laughs) to you. But from us to Michael, we just say thank you for what you did. And we all miss you. uh, But more importantly, we celebrate you. So uh, it's a goodbye from me.
2: And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs)
0: understand What it is you're striving for bet A better deal across this land She puts her hat on looks in the mirror Says to her say hey, hey, You've nothing to fear Friends don't love Friends don't care In the street, the anger in the hearts of others instead of beats On and on and on and on. The test jam calling from the rooftops. She says she wants the world to hear her people's needs to be set right. Looks in the mirror, says to herself.
2: to add an extra track i think this track says it all it just connects michael to most of us Enjoy. yeah
0: i think everybody should come forward it's up to you be careful There is power
4: since to begin
0: Every single hour that we have come And from each moment, all that is